0: Life, love, and laughter. I have been dying to get this guy in the studio for ages, but looking at the website, no wonder it's taken such a long time because Hugh and Cry on tour until the end of the year, first of December. There we go, got straight in there with your tour dates, Greg. What can I say?
1: (laughs) Thanks for having me. um, You've got me. I've just driven up from Lincolnshire, which is the flattest place I've ever seen, and um, more so
0: than the Netherlands.
1: Well, it did feel a bit like that. Lincolnshire is very windy. I don't know, I didn't see very many windmills actually. That's a good point. No, we do. Um, we've got a um, promoter, new promoter uh, from Clyde Bank actually, but he's based in Burnley and he's been working very hard for us. So we go away six, four to six times a month all I, around England.
0: Yeah, I was on your website, hueandcry.co.uk, uh, and I could see your full tour list right to the end of the year. Uh-huh. Wow, that's amazing. Well, it's just, uh, and the thing is, the gigs are doing really
1: well. So we play. Um, What, six, seven hundred seater venues, and they're all sold out. So we turn up and we're promoting. It's 30 years since our live album, recording the Renfrew Ferry, bittersweet. So we're playing that album top to tail, then we take a break, then we go on. But everybody's sitting, singing the words. And it's not. It's, It's not the happy sing-along record, that record. I mean, Shipbuilding, Tom Waits, sorry, Robert Wyatt's song Shipbuilding's on it. Kate Bush's Man With The Child's Eyes on it. There's lots of kind of sort of inward reflective songs. It's not a big um, Saturday night gig but they're turning up and they're, they're enjoying it and they're posting on uh, different social media sites saying how much they enjoy it and Pat and I are enjoying it too.
0: I love that. I saw actually on your Facebook page, this sounds like I'm a right stalker, a creeper, but I, I there was a video from Pat saying, uh, if you were at a gig last night, post your pictures, mm. your videos, and it's great, that sense of interaction. Do you, I mean, how's it really changed for your social media in terms of doing your gigs when you go back to like, you know, sort of the early 80s?
1: Well, you've got to take the rough for the smooth. <laughs> Then we played a gig last in Newcastle, night before, night before last in Newcastle, and it was a great gig, and the, the the comments come on, you only played for an hour and 20 minutes, you didn't play this song, you didn't play that song, you didn't play that song. So you've got to take that. You also get, that was great, you reminded me of the summer of 87, blah, 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 but you've got to take that off with smooth. So um, we don't delete comments, we just let it run and see what happens. And then what happens is the social media sites can self-police so, the Uber Hue and Cry fans will shut them down or, or tell them, to, you were at the gig, I couldn't make the gig, you're luckier than me. Mm. So, it kind of ends up self policing, as I said.
0: Let it organically develop. Yeah,
1: we don't. We, and then when Pat walks on stage, he sort of says, here's some house rules. If you don't film all your favourite songs and you don't put them on your social media sites, you're getting thrown out. But don't listen to the bouncers, don't listen to the staff.
0: That's brilliant. What mm. does that feel like? You know, I mean, I remember going to gigs in the 80s, probably in some of your gigs, and it would be a case of if you, well, wouldn't have phones back then, but you are not allowed to record or take mm. pictures. Do you remember? There'd be mm. big signs up, you uh-huh. know, especially in the bar land, it would be taken off you. Uh-huh. So what's it like now where almost where, you know, you're encouraging to get your phones out?
1: Well, the whole, back then, bootlegs um, were quite a thing, so people would profit from them so that we'd get money for them. So it's kind of, that's why they didn't want to do it because it would prevent people buying the stuff that we're supposed to buy. But nowadays, I mean, I don't want to get into social capital too much, but there's value go in on. these recordings. <laughs> yeah. So these, these um, <laughs> the actual, it's making the most of the event. So the event is not just Pat and I walking on stage and doing a gig. The event is somebody capturing it, putting it on their social media sites and their list of friends see something that they probably, I don't know, you can cry. wouldn't you go and see them Oh, I quite like that song, and then it clicks to them, and then and the whole sharing aspect of it. So that event happens that night, but then it has a it has a tail. All these people start connecting with each other because somebody posts it online. Yeah, and it's been amazing for us. I mean, we've been involved. We built our own social network before Facebook about ten years ago, um, the Human Crime Music Club, and we managed. We gathered about fifteen thousand fans from all around the world. And um, um, you know you don't need labour love. in 1987 sold 350,000 copies and got to number six. We've got about 20,000 email addresses, and Pat and I make a, a good living. We've got a career out of it. So the numbers have changed. We've you done make... all your
0: GDPR and all that yes, stuff. Yes, that yes, doing... Do <laughs> you still want to be a fan of you and Cry? Click here.
1: No, we don't. We're <laughs> not just... that intrusive. Turn up to the gig. Buy buy a T-shirt.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, buy some merchandise. Yes. I was looking at some early, you know, footage of, of you guys. I mean, you're both good-looking guys. Thank does, you, Gina. Does it feel strange when you look back at look watching... Look in the mirror today? You no, know, looking back at, like, you know, sort of like in the, in the 80s, sort of looking back at you guys performing. Um, or do you even do that? Maybe you don't do that. No, no we do.
1: I mean, um, we do. There's a lot of retrospective stuff going on. As I said, we're on this 30th anniversary of the Bittersweet album. So when you're preparing for that, you look back at old performances to see how you played songs, what chords I played and what sort of things Pat was doing. So you do look back and then I would be lying if I didn't say there was the odd night that the second bottle of wine was opened and you'd sit and look back at all your career and think, oh, I've done well. Oh, oh yeah. I've done well. The
0: two boys from Cotebridge have done well. Done well. Let's re- 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 rewind actually just a little bit. I mean, how the heck did two guys from Cotebridge just make it so big?
1: Uh, Lots of luck. Um, it's all about, you have to have the right song But you have to have the right song at the right time uh, And then you have to have the right people That are working on the song
0: But all musicians have got that dream You know, this song's going to be th- Yeah,
1: well, th- there's a lot of songs that didn't make it There's lots of bands that I could bore you With all the bands that I like that didn't make it But um, but just at the right time in the right place I mean, the, fa- the famous story is our first Top of the Pops We were number 33 in the charts And you weren't allowed to go on Top of the Pops Unless you were top 20, I think back then but Los Lobos didn't get their work visa in time so they couldn't come over so we were the next band down Hurrah. And they, Yeah, and they debated whether or not to let us on and they let us on um, Terry Wogan's wife was a huge Hune Cry fan for some bizarre reason so we used to go on Terry Wogan's show all the time that was primetime Saturday night um, I don't know if I've told you this story my mum my mum was a midwife and she came home one day um, when I was about 12 years old and she said Who's David Bowie? And I said, "What do you mean, Mum? I mean, a guy say called David Bowie." I said, "What do you mean? Yeah, he was. A, he was. He's a singer, isn't he? Yes. Where did you meet him in Coatbridge, Mum? You didn't meet David Bowie in Coatbridge. I did. He was with this lovely man. So, a long story short, the lovely man was David Bowie's tour manager, and his sister lived in Coatbridge, and she had a baby, and my mum was a midwife. So, when June and Craig get asked, we were we were put forward to tour with Madonna. Wind forward fifteen years. And Madonna's tour manager was David Bowie's ex-tour manager. And he saw the Hugh and Cry name and said, that's that woman that brought my niece into the world. They're getting it. So when I turned up at Wembley Stadium, she's riding about in a big white horse, and this big American guy comes up to me and says, you're Nurse Kane's son. I went, H- what? He says, I got you the gig. Your mum was kind to my sister.
0: Oh, almost like your mum's more famous. Than well, your time. That so that, is... you're
1: talking about luck. That's luck.
0: Oh, that is when you think of, like, serendipity and all that sort mm. of stuff, the chances that that would actually happen. Um, and I'm really sorry, because you said just before, of course, your mum's just passed away. Yes,
1: but she did a good She was 87. She brought, what was it they said, four and a half thousand children into the world as a midwife.
0: Four and a half thousand four children. Four thousand. That is incredible. Uh, how do you feel? Are you, I mean, you must be grieving just now. Um,
1: there's a sense of relief that she's not in any pain, because midwives, she was a midwife before there were cars, so she would walk, you know, 10 miles a day. Um, so she ran the marathon Glasgow marathon when she was 55 Brilliant. she probably shouldn't have because it probably destroyed her knees so um, she was in a lot of pain um arthritis and you watch her her mind was sharp though so at least we had that but towards the end there was 10 years of pain you um, know and it's too much
0: It's relief do you, do you and feel it was a it bit of relief. So,
1: I mean mm-hmm. she she said her goodbyes and she was fine and, and she was very calm and very peaceful in the hospital Monkland's Hospital and courtrights did a great job. Um, and she was very uh, comfortable and peaceful so yeah i do miss her i missed her at easter there and when i come back from touring like today I would nip in and she'd sit down and say, Right, tell me, how was Pat? Is he all right? Is he tidy? What did he lose? Did he lose <laughs> his phone? Did you remember him, put that wallet in his, his pocket? He always forgets his wallet. He's got his keys. He's so terrible with those keys. <laughs> so I miss all that.
0: But I mean, you'll still hear the voice.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can still hear her, yep.
0: yeah. Yeah, watching over of you, know, you listening uh-huh, to this, I'm uh-huh. sure having a real laugh. What was the best you I mean, growing up with you and uh, and you know, Pat, did you want to be musicians? Did, did she encourage you? Did did, did you did you come from a musical background?
1: Um, we didn't I was there was a piano teacher who lived two doors down from us. My mum met her in the shop one morning and said, and she was touting for business and said, "Any of your boys want to play the piano?" Because she knew there was a piano in the house, which was my mum's father's old piano. So I get down first that morning, Sunday morning. Do you want to play piano? I said, "Yeah." So from nine years old, I played piano. Pat's tried to learn a piano, but it's just.
0: He's not here to defend himself now. You be careful. He's left-handed.
1: I'll just leave it there.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh-huh. I actually love watching you play the piano and I've watched right. you live a couple of times and you're so, please don't be offended by this, but you're so serious when you're playing that piano. It takes
1: <gasps> a lot of concentration to try and not make a mistake because most times, if Pat and I play on our own as a duo, you're quite exposed. So it's quite stressful. You know, you'd, you'd, And sometimes, I mean, him and I play games with each other on stage and we kind of stress test each other to see how resilient we both are and um, you've got to be at utopia top of your game to play uh, with Pat Kane because he's yeah, he's my biggest critic
0: In what sense?
1: Um, I have to give him a platform to emote from because Pat's quite a serious guy so if I'm too flippant he lets me know I'm being too flippant he doesn't mind being playful sometimes but you have to strike the right balance between serious and playful I mean his last book The Play Ethic talks about you know play and how important play is but it's quite interesting when you're very playful with them. You can you can cut you off. You know, you can well, say, I'm going no, to look no. out for that now. Oh. Next, oh, the
0: dynamics. Been well, if too- I start
1: to get a little bit happy and playful, you can see him. No, stop that. I don't want that. And on other times, you might say, "Yep, that's good. Friday night, let's go." You know. So it just you, know, I need to be able to read them. And, and it's not easy most of the time
0: I saw that actually you did that was that Christmas tour with Bross a couple of years ago
1: poor Matt yep he um, came over
0: yeah, well, poor Matt is there, is there a Matt story I was really
1: friendly with him years ago his mum was a lovely woman as well um, when she used to meet his mum she used to take your hand go and she'd read your palm used to oh I love that oh anyway Matt's <laughs> just I know he's I don't know I didn't see. I, I couldn't watch that documentary. What he was talking—that was my next I question. I just couldn't. I mean, Luke and him are lovely. Um, I knew them back and when they were all famous and stuff like that. Um, so I, I, the gigs we did with him, he didn't sing much. He just took lots of questions from the audience and asked them what they had been doing for the last thirty years. It was it was weird. It was more like a kind of preachers sort of event. Um, very weird. I mean, his mum was like that. His mum was very kind of. She had an aura about her. And what it reminded me, seeing him, i hadn't seen phrases, but we hung out a bit and he was nice, lovely, he looks, still looks great, handsome, quite imposing guy. Matt's always been like that. But he had that aura But his mum. Gonna, it's very kind of, we ask. You ask him a question, he, he he counts to five before he answers and things like that. You think, has he heard me? Is he deaf?
0: <laughs> Maybe he's listening to someone else. He's
1: well. He's, I think there's a lot of that going on. There's lots of outer body experiences going on with him, map But it was good to see him. He looked well. Uh, what well, he did sing, he sang great. Uh, but it was a bit of an of his gigs are more of a kind of community event for bros. What do they call them? Brosets. Brosets.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a broset. I had the gross tags he? and mm. yeah, the red blazer and all that stuff. Like, you haven't watched a documentary, but of course the, it was really highlighted this anger between both of them and wow one would go one way and one would go the other i won't ruin it for you has that happened to you and pat where it's just been it couldn't be filmed for the for the angst
1: um what do we do we (laughs) when we check into (laughs) hotels there's not a provision in the bookings in the hotels for any details i thought there was but the girls in their office don't say Do they say put them in furthest away rooms so if Pat's in room one, I want to be in room 257. Why? Well, people think, they laugh at the check-in, and say, oh, no, no, we put you together. No, no, not put us together. Because I like to sleep before a gig. And Pat goes, me, 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 for hours. <laughs> before the gig. So I can't sleep. And I can't put your plugs in because then I won't hear my alarm. So usually between about half six and half seven, I'm asleep. in the opposite end of the hotel rooms.
0: So, it's not because it's like, oh, they've had a big fight. It's well,
1: just. Well, we, we don't socialise. I'm very rarely in Pat's house. I've only been in his house once, I think, um, and that was a mistake. So, we've, there are certain things that we've set up. That's why we've lasted so long. When I ask people about their brothers, lots of and sisters, people just see their brother and sister at Christmas and weddings and funerals. I see my brother, you know, 365.
0: So, know. you keep it professional?
1: Oh yeah, it's very, it's very loving. Well, I do love him and he loves me, but um, there's certain things that we don't, we don't eat together. Okay. We, we don't stay in rooms next door to each other in hotels and we don't go into each other's houses.
0: That's good. So you figured out what works and what yeah, doesn't works.
1: work. It's great, yep.
0: Sounds like the perfect marriage, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> this is Gina. Gina. Life, Life love, love and laughter. So let's talk about let's talk this fantastic tour. So the first dates that you've got
1: are performing well the first dates so next week actually I'm playing in Perth on Tuesday the 21st of May um, I love Perth uh, we played the first Rewind Festival in Schoon in Perth about 10 years ago now it was amazing um, I like the River Tay can it be the River Tay What's the song about the river T? The, the
0: river T,
1: the T, the T, the T. Anyway, all my friends go fishing on the T. So I like. It's lovely. I, I love, love that
0: drive. I love, I, I love
1: Perth. So some guys put together a festival. It looks great. Jules Horns playing it. Um, was it Fieldport Convention are playing it? And Pat and I are playing it. And I just looked at the ticket sales there, and I think there's about forty tickets left. Oh, that's just Which brilliant. is quite good.
0: Tickets still available from
1: um, the website? The website. <laughs> Perth Festival of Arts. Just go and find that in Google, yeah.
0: Fabulous. Do you ever look at the, the billings? Like, I was also looking at um this 80s Invasion tour that you're doing, uh-huh. Sister Sledge, Five Star, Jason Donovan. Do you ever look at the billings you think, oh, not them. Or, well, yeah, we, it's them. Well,
1: yeah, we do a lot of these festivals with them. When, when they announced the names, I was thinking... Really, I don't know if she's patternized a kind of Jason Donovan type. But the things all sold out. I mean, not all sold out, but you go into the site and there's pretty very, much, yeah, it's very lead. few tickets left. So Tony Denton, who's the guy that's promoted, that's putting it all together, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Was I didn't think those acts would all work together, but they did. And then we're doing another one in Dundee, which is Us and Go West and China Crisis. And then we're doing we did some sh- we did a show last night with Curiosity to Kill the Cat and Tony Hadley. That works. I can. Kind I of get that. But the 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 eighties invasion thing we're doing at the hydro at the end of the year, I didn't think that would work, but it has. I think and it's then, fabulous. No, Do you think no.
0: there's a big thing for the
1: eighties just now? Well, <laughs> so my bass player said yesterday, "Will the eighties ever go away? Will the eighties ever go away?" I said, "I don't think so." No. You no. Know, the festivals we play. Let's rock, which is a big eighties festival all around Britain. We play Rewind, uh, and then these smaller ones. Now we're doing a double header with Hipsway, uh, later on in the summer or so as well. So, you know, the bands can all play, the guys can all sing. Um, there's no reason. And then I guess the people that love that music, the kids are all grown up and they've all split. and yep. They're kind of. I don't. know. The people we meet at the gigs, they're not reliving. They're not. They're not yearning to be young again. They're enjoying remembering the journey that they've had. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So when we talk to people, they're not. Do you know what I mean? They're not yearning to be young. They just want to talk about. Our songs have framed the last eight years of their life. Not just ours, but all these 80s band songs have done it. So when they come to see these bands, you know, the, the jogs memories. You know, a piece of music is as a as a stamp in time. It's a moment in time. You always remember that record. Where was I when I heard that record or when I enjoyed that record the most? Labour Love, The Human Cry, Big Hit.
0: Is the summer of 87 Oh 100% Nobody remembers the summer of the 87 The moment you hear The moment that comes mm. on Oh turn it up I, Although I have to say My favourite song is And always just want to sing Is it, Violently oh, Violently You just... came
1: to me Said I could be A different man
0: It is and the, uh, I just something about that mm. song I don't know It just tugs at my heartstrings Well is
1: the opening line Completely untouchable I knew no surprises Wrapped in my own world Of my own devices Deluded man
0: it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Just beautiful. So we've all got a favourite sort of Hugh and cry song. I'll kind of put you on the spot. I mean, do you have a favourite one that you just love performing? You would never get sick of. Um,
1: there's a song, uh, well, Labour Love, I love playing. Um, I like Looking for Linda. I've kind of fallen in love with that song again. Um, Pat talks about, it's a very important song to us because Labour Love was the big hit and then we two write another album and everybody's looking at you saying, can they write any more hits? And we did. I and mean, When Looking for Linda was a big hit. That was... A kind of justification for what we did, so but that was a big record for me because it was from the second album and it was so successful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we went one out wonders.
0: You've had 12 album um, Pocket Full of Stones that was the, that
1: was so the last last one. album, that, yeah. that was a
0: 12th album, wasn't it? 12
1: studio records, yeah.
0: Did
1: you did you sit out I mean did you when you were we wrote it in t- 2014 not a very big time for Scotland uh, but <laughs> <laughs> so um we, I tried to get it written before the referendum results I knew I don't know what Pat was going to do but' I managed to Well I'm glad Pat's it. not here with the
0: uh, conversation we're going in a different direction
1: uh, <laughs> um no it was it did really well for us. there's a beautiful song on it called let her go which she sings with his daughter yes so um we' were just I was looking at emails going back and forth uh, today when I got home and I think Eleanor, his daughter, is going to play with us at the bandstand in August in Glasgow. So we've sold That's out. Sold out, I sold think, out yeah. the bandstand on the tenth of August, and Eleanor's going to come and oh play half an hour before us, and then she'll come on and sing that song from Pocket Full of Stones, "Let Her Go" during the gig. So that'll be a moment.
0: It's it's beautiful.
1: It's a beautiful song. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember when we wrote it, and I said to him, "Would you be up for letting Eleanor come and sing it?" And they weren't in the studio together. She turned up. A bit disheveled to me. Adam I said where have you been Oh I met someone I
0: love i just
1: leave it there <laughs> Eleanor right okay And I only had 20 minutes Out of her Because her voice was She'd been out with her pals Going a bit nuts She's only 20 years old Um, But I had 20 minutes with her And she sang it so beautifully And then she burst into tears And I, I went in Didn't want to console And I just left her there And then fact just couldn't be there He didn't want to be there I said you're not coming To watch your daughter sing it No
0: Oh, I understand oh. that.
1: Oh, And then the video of it is I filmed him before a gig we were doing because I needed a video. And fortunately, when Eleanor was in the studio singing it, I filmed her. So I had that footage of her singing the song.
0: Because you can't recapture that moment.
1: No, you can, no, what? there's a bit in it where Pat can't watch it, you know. Um, so, yes, she's going to come play with us at the bandstand.
0: Tenth of August. Amazing what I ask everyone this, um, because you're you're always a hugely talented musician. What I mean, what is it that really makes you tick? What really drives you? Mine is Pat, just you.
1: Me, I like communicating. I do uh, music is an amazing um vehicle for uh, get, uh communicating to people, people that I'll never meet, people that probably will, will I'll never really know about, but my music connects with them. Um and that's why I got into it. Uh, there's a social aspect of playing with other musicians, which is you don't experience it unless you're a musician. And it takes a lot of hard work to be a musician that can then sit with other players and not bully them, not um, not be subservient to them and a level playing field and have a conversation but only do it via music. That's why a lot of these orchestras that bring different cultures and religions together were really popular because music is being the kind of um, conduit for all these different races and religions and attitudes and opinions to come together, play that one piece of music—that's the power of what music does. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the thing that always drew me. Music.
0: Uh, who do you really admire? Is there someone that you you still yet to meet that you would still like to work with?
1: Um, no, I've managed to work with all the people. Like uh, the, we get asked to play Stevie Wonder's birthday one year, and I said no, I don't want to meet. Well, you turned Stevie know, Wonder down. It means too much to me. Yeah,
0: but, and I, they I, say I you should never really never meet, meet you. The heroes.
1: So we turned it down, um, yeah, and in the famous one, we asked to support Frank Sinatra, Pat said yeah. no. I said, you're off your head, saying no. Because, I, mean, I don't know why, I don't know why I said no. You, you did an
0: me. album, in fact, pretty much dedicated. We dedicated this, to, our
1: favourite yeah. Sinatra songs called September Songs, the Can Cry tribute album to Sinatra, yeah. but I remember that, and then the guy that's promoting our gig at the bandstand this year, he was the one that offered it to Pat and I, I, can't, I, can't, I couldn't understand why he said no. I didn't want to meet Stevie because I, I didn't want him to be rubbish. Although we met, we met some nice Tom Jones was nice, James Brown's nice, Madonna was nice. Yeah. Bonner was nice. Bonner was Bono yeah, was nice right. to my mum, I remember that. Everyone would be nice to your uh, mum. From what uh, everyone would be lo- nice to your mum. It's a bit small for me. It's a bit small for me. Mum! You're a bit small for me,
0: Bono. I can't, I'm can't. i not sure that I, this is the only thing I want to take away from this fabulous chat that I've had with you that you turned down Stevie Wonder and Frank Sinatra. I'm I not know, sure I can get my head around that. I know, that.
1: I know. The regrets I've had, are, yeah. You know, <laughs> <that would be laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, no, but I can't even attempt to sing. <laughs> All right, what are you most looking forward to then before the end? Of, you've got the big gig next week. you got the gig compared- in
1: Perth on the 21st right. of May and the Tuesday, Tuesday night gigs. It's going to be strange a gig at a Tuesday night. Oh, school night. Come on, Greg. Oh, no, school night. And then... Um the 80s Invasion tour at the end of the year the bandstand sold out really quick so the 10th of August at the bandstand you won't get a ticket for it but you can come and stand in Kelvin Way and have a listen hold <laughs> your mobile phone well, up you, mobile, or you can watch <laughs> the university's Pat and I sing Mother Glasgow from the stage you can listen to it so it might be a moment
0: oh wonderful and you'll get all the details on the website UK. Greg so, thanks so much for coming in
1: Did, does, does everybody listen to this know about your sparkly headphones do you know yeah
0: <laughs> I don't know. She's got very
1: sparkly headphones, everybody. She's got Diamonty headphones.
0: Cost me a fortune. Would you like to borrow
1: them? No, I'd look, you look great in them, but I'd look ridiculous.
0: <laughs> Just for a picture to be clear, we will do a picture with Greg in the headphones. Yeah. That's what you get for mentioning my headphones. Diamante headphones. There's
1: only one Gina McKean.
0: Oh, there's only one Greg Kane. You're welcome you back here anytime. Thank you, dear. Gina. Life, love, and laughter. Like and share us and come back for the next episode next week.